the volume. Moneyline Monaco is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free, no deposit required, with a free entry to an NBA contest. Plus, for those who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Why do you play on FanDuel? FanDuel Fantasy is an easy-to-use app. Different and unique contests across sports in relation to your skill level compete for top cash payouts and compete against your friends in head-to-head matchups. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free, no deposit required, with a free entry to an NBA contest. And FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Go to FanDuel.com forward slash cowherd to sign up today. That is FanDuel.com forward slash cowherd so they know we sent you. FanDuel, more ways to win. Let's go! on another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco, Alex Monaco. Special edition Wednesday pod. We're talking about a special guest, former NFL offense alignment, brother in the league with a Super Bowl ring. This man's on the Colin Cowherd Show. Left, right, up, down, working for Fox Sports, dancing in the sports gambling space via Action Network, etc. Mr. Jeff Schwartz coming on the podcast to talk all things sports gambling. Fun little conversation. This man's betting baseball. We're talking a little NFL gambling. How does he dance on a spread, a teaser? What is his thoughts on live betting? Also, all in on some draft talk and NFL futures. It is a riveting up and down gambling conversation. Can't wait to get to that in a bit. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review. Appreciate you. Check out all things volume sports. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Tell or fade my picks on Action Network. We're out here, baby. Froze up naturally on a hump day. Before we get to the interview, I got to get in a quick Champions League podcast pick. Look, I'm 12-5 and five in Champions League, baby. It doesn't matter how we end up down the stretch. We still batted over 500. Let me take a bow, a thank you, a tip of the fro, whatever you want to say. We are Wedding Crashers, Vince Vaughn, popping champagne because I'm an American betting on an international game. It isn't even my Austin Powers main bag, baby. But let's get into it. My lock for the pod before we start, it has to be, and as much as I want to go Chelsea in the Real Madrid-Chelsea round two, which I am leaning, my lock, I got to go under 2.5. I'm looking at the research on FanDuel, minus 142. It is what I'm firing on. 
I got to read it to you. Look, in the last 19 matches, Chelsea has gone under 17 times. 17 for 19? How do we fade that? Real Madrid in the first leg had one shot on target. In Thomas Tuchel's defense, there is no lapses. There is no holes. This squad, and listen to this because they're at home, they have allowed just seven goals in their last 14 home matches, comma, and five of them have come in the loss to West Brom when Silva went out with a red card. I'm telling you, since April 3rd, a month of footy, seven goals in 14 matches and five were in one game? That is insanity. How do we go against that? I want to go Chelsea. Chelsea also, on top of it, just again, little education, they got a road goal. They don't even have to score. This could end up nil-nil, and Chelsea moves on to the finals, a little English Premier League finals, if you will. Chelsea has only also conceded two goals in the knockout rounds, and both of them, they were spectacular. I mean, did you see Benzema's goal? That was a video game FIFA ridiculous. Put one in the back of the net, is it? And if you want to talk Real Madrid offense, there isn't it. They've gone under 2.5 and five of their last six. Three of those, I mentioned it last week, nil-nil. Real Madrid has no offense. So we're talking about a team with no offense at the moment, which still doesn't make sense. Zidane, I don't know what's going on. If it ain't working, break it down and build it back up. There's no Real Madrid offense. They're going against Fort Knox. This ain't going to happen. Chelsea, all six of their last matches have gone under 2.5. You already know this. I just alluded to it. Let's not outthink the room. Chelsea, Real, under 2.5. If I had to give you a winner, I'll go Chelsea at home. The Blues protect home turf. We are going to watch Chelsea, who was barely even thinking about getting in the top four with Frank Lampard, now going to get into the Champions League finals. If they hold off Madrid, I got to go under 2.5. Lock of the Wednesday pod. And without further ado, let's go headfirst in with a former NFL offensive lineman dancing on some gambling conversation. You live for it. I live for it. Let's get into it. Enjoy the conversation. The next time you're watching basketball, I've got the perfect way for you to get in on the action for free. I'm talking about NBA Impact. It's absolutely free to play on the FanDuel app and features all the fun of live betting. NBA Play turns every quarter of every game into a free contest where you can win real cash prizes. So while you're watching the game, all you have to do is predict the outcomes of plays and game props before they happen to claim your share of the prize pool. Best of all, a new contest starts every quarter of every game, giving you more ways to win. FanDuel's exclusive home for NBA Play, so the action is always available right at your fingertips on the FanDuel app. The app is so easy to use, and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. And it doesn't matter where you live or where you're traveling to, because NBA in play is available in every state. Don't miss your shot. Get in the game and download the FanDuel app and start playing NBA in play today. 
Welcome to another special episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Alex Monaco here. I got a fellow tribesman and a man I've hopped on the <laughs> mic with before. The one and only Jeff Schwartz, just all over the sports broadcasting sphere and as well as the gambling. I'm fired up doing, doing stuff for Fox Sports all the way across the board. And of course, the decorated NFL career. The family is in the league, just killing it. Jeff, thanks for joining me, man. Great to see you again. Yeah, glad to be here. Just looking at some baseball odds before we get going here. You know, you never it never stops, man. It's from football season right into baseball season to basketball. And before we know it, football will be back. I love it. Well, I was going to start with some post-NFL draft future stuff. But since you mentioned baseball, I mean, it's such an interesting sport to gamble on because it's obviously – and I've heard different strategies. Bet, bet the series on the team you think is going to win the series, i.e. who's going to take two out of three, three out of four – what is your strategy? You were just kind of talking about it off air for a second when you go day to day in baseball. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's a winning strategy, but um, <laughs> I mean, look, the Grom first five unders is the, the best bet there ever was in baseball. That that typically hits. And look, I mean, it's very boring, but honestly, betting unders, especially when the ball's not juiced, is a great way to go. I know it's not fun to do, uh, and the ball's been very, very um, kind of not. It hasn't been juiced at all. Like it's been normal this year. Right. Um, and so that's just boring. I get it, but that's the way to go. And so when, when I was at Action Network, um, you know, they kind of taught me how to look at, at the numbers and uh, look at reverse line movement. So I look at that for unders and then divisional home dogs is the way I go too. Um, but then you're betting a lot of bad baseball teams. You just have to just like <laughs> suck it up and, you know, you, you know, but then also, you know, your chances of winning money, you know, you don't have to, you know, I, What's the right word? But you don't have to win as many bets to win money if you take those divisional dogs as well. So well said. Um, it's it's hard to do. It's a grind. Uh, I uh, do you like do you here. like taking aces on the first five? I know you kind of alluded to that I, uh, under sometimes, but that's a lot of juice on those, right? And if they don't hit, like then you have to kind of you're kind of set behind for a couple of days if it doesn't work. So uh, again, like the, the ground first five unders, the unders have been good. This year. I just looked my record up. I mean, I'm 28 and 22 on unders. Um, wow, so all winning, on baseball thus far. Uh, yeah. I'm winning some money there. Let's go um, overs. I've been 50, 50 just dude. I've been getting crushed on these money line plays at home, man. But these like, well, these I mean, dogs. I try to do the timing thing. Like for example, and I was all over the Dodgers yesterday, got rained out, but you know, you got a, a Cubs team that had seven relievers go on Sunday against a Reds team that put up 13 runs against them. For me, I'm thinking, okay. And then I go to like Vegas insider. I look at a couple, you know, trends here and there. I don't yeah. know if you're a trends guy at all, but is there anything you get into the weeds on in terms of timing? Like some guys like to bet a team after they lose ironically in baseball, cause they're going to come back and they can't catch two L straight. I know there are strategies like that. I know there's some, obviously, like you bet the third game if they lost two in a row because getting swept and and the other strategy on like getaway day, right? Like you take the home <laughs> team because the visiting team just wants to fly away and get out of there. I probably could be more hardcore into that. I know, I know it used to be, but then I had kids and I have other things to do. And so I just, I, I'm not studying it probably as much as I should, but I'm on here right now. I mean, I look at the numbers and see there's some reverse line movement on certain games, especially toward the under, and I'm hopping all over that. Um but yeah, I mean, some of those strategies work. Like if you are hardcore into looking at starting pitching, betting first fives, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of money to be made in baseball. It's just a grind, dude. It is a long season gambling on baseball. You can have ups and downs. You just have to ride the downs. If you can get through the downs, um, you should be okay. Well, and they talk about just 
bankroll money management being just as important. I feel like in baseball, that's even more prevalent. You got 16 games in the NFL, now 17. You got 162 in a normal baseball year. I mean, do you do you look at your week? Like, give us a little bit of your gambling strategy <laughs> in terms of like, because I'm just a, I'm a straight degenerate where I'm live betting. And if the Yankees are down three runs against the Orioles, I'm taking plus two and a half live in the third inning because, you know, we may or may not have some problems over here. There's no bankroll management. Um, <laughs> there's like, there's none, man. Like I, I don't bet a lot of money. I like to win. I don't like to be wrong. Like right. for the draft, for example, the draft was the first time I bet a lot of money on, on high juice props. You know, like for example, I, mean, I put minus 500. I, I bet Najee Harris first running back taken. I felt very strongly about that one. That was you great. Know, J- Jamar Chase. Under five and a half picks. I figured he was going to Bengals. I put my, minus 400 down on that one. Which again, well, let me, I can I ask do. you about that yeah. particularly? Because I, I listened to your interview with Colin last week, um, and I found it riveting just from an offensive lineman nice. explaining how the last four Super Bowl winners, I mean, you, 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 put, you put it beautifully. O-line for the Eagles, best O-line in, in the NFL the year they won yep. the Super Bowl. Then it was the Patriots, strong O-line, obviously, with Brady. Then, of course, your brother, a couple of pro bowlers on the Chiefs. And, of course, with Tristan Wirfs and three all-pros, as you said, potential-type O-linemen on the Bucks last year. And so you were, in your mind, you're like, how do they not go Panay at five if you're the yep. Bengals coming off the Burrow injury? But then, of course, there's a sexy pick and an idea of coupling the, the wide receiver tandem from, from college. What? What say you on, and I'll get into the weeds on a couple of questions with this, but yeah. why are so many teams or just even, and if you could tie it into gambling somehow, overlooking the idea of a core five, because yeah. you know more than me, it's the game's won and lost in the trenches. And it is, it is fun to bet during the season on matchups in the trenches. If there's an advantage one way or the other, you know, taking team total unders or just looking for the under. And, you know, obviously if you, if again, I don't bet overs very often, I, I know that, they're fun to bet, and we talk about them a lot. But unders is typically the. Best I'm an unders guy too. I don't yeah, know why. I don't know if we're what well, we got the well, same mindset over here. Well, because but. you like to because you like to give yourself a chance to win, and overs are such public bets that and and just the way the ebb and flow of games, like it's just it's so whatever. Um, so here's my thing with with, with the Bengals. I think they would privately tell you they'd rather have Panay Sewell and Terrence Marshall than they would have uh, Jamar Chase and Jackson Carmen. They won't tell you that publicly. But Panesu and Terrence Marshall is better for your team than is Jamar Chase and Jackson Carmen. Right. It's funny, when I, when I argue with Bengals about this, Bengals fans, they told me, hey, you know, these seven guys will be available in the second round. We can get them. And none of them were available. Zero of them. So, like, that, that, my point has always been that when you have a specific need like that, I would go attack that need now. Where the Chargers did that, right? They got Rashawn Slater, boom, left tackle, done. Beautiful. Uh, you know, the Vikings, they address their offensive line. Christian Derrissaw, done. Wyatt Davis, done. Um, so I think it's important to attack it when, when you have the resource to do so. Everyone says it's a deep tackle draft. It, it is surely a, a draft, but look at what they have now. Jonah Williams, who can be good, but is never healthy. Left guard, I'm not quite sure. who uh, Spain, possibly, who, who they brought in there. Center is iffy. Right guard now is Jackson Carmen, a rookie. And Riley Reef is the 32-year-old right tackle on a one-year deal. Like, I just don't see how. Do you think that's, I mean, and do you think the Bengals, like, is that the Vic, are they victim to the kind of sexy pick? Like, I mean, our millennial world, we're, you know, we're players over teams, half the people my age and younger and and going with the fantasy football mindset. But you obviously know what it takes to win and you have to have an offensive line protecting your quarterback. I just found it fascinating. A couple teams, like even the Cowboys, 
They could have nabbed Slater before the Chargers. I'm talking to Cowboys fans are like, why are we going with Parsons? Yeah, well, the Parsons, the Cowboys draft strategy was very odd. I didn't really understand going for multiple off-the-ball linebackers and a bunch of overdrafted corners and safeties. Didn't make sense to me. I mean, the Cowboys at least have Teron Smith in theory there and have Lyle Collins coming back at tackles. You can make the case that they at least – you know, have addressed it at least a little bit, right? Because they have those guys coming back, but Teron Smith's health has always been a concern, but they were really bad on defense. I get going heavily on defense for the Cowboys. Everyone said to me, the Bengals says, oh, the Dolphins, the Dolphins are, guys, the Dolphins have spent a first round pick, two second round picks and a fourth round pick on offensive linemen the last two years. Like that's what they're supposed to do, right? Absolutely. They passed up a Nasul because they already had a left tackle. They drafted a right tackle now. Like they drafted very well, considering where they are when they're franchising. I like what the Dolphins have done to build their offensive lineup. They had three rookies, Paul. You have to let the rookies grow into their role. Um, so the Bengals got fancy, which is everyone knew what, what they were going to do. And it's really hard. It's interesting. This is a thing where, you know, kind of like the players, the ex-players, former players, kind of hardcore film guys, kind of against, and it's not really, you know, against, I don't want to say analytics because it's not, not every analytic guy is like, take, you know, take Jamar Chase, but, you know, like every former player, man, go, they're all about taking Penny Sewell over Jamar Chase, all of them. I can't find one who's like, yeah, Jamar Chase is the right guy over Penny. So either we're all wrong about how to build a team or the Bengals are just right. Um, again, it's not really an analytic thing. I know everyone says film guy versus analytics. Not, that's not, right. not really what this was. It's like, it was like film guy, X player against like everyone else who thought Jamar Chase was the right guy. Well, if you were a GM and I, I would say what there's three kind of obvious ways to build your team. You, you try to win the Super Bowl off the rookie quarterback deal. Yeah. All all the golf. You go the middle of the route, paying the quarterback, Jimmy G money, try to stack the D a little bit of pieces here and there, or you go all out with the Mahomes money and pay your quarterback, the Rogers top dollar. What, what kind of GM would you be? Well, obviously winning on a rookie contract is the best way to go because you put up, you know, the value around your team is higher because you can add more pieces to that. But eventually you do have to pay a Pat Mahomes if you don't have a choice. So the question becomes, if you're a team, let's say like um, the Browns or the Ravens, um, you know, are those quarterbacks that you will sign to a long-term contract, are they winning you a Super Bowl? Because then you get stuck, like, you know, like a Jared Goff, right? Who had the great year. And then it's like, uh, you know, we signed him, but he really didn't improve very much. And now he's shipped out of there. Right. So, you know, it, it's, and look, the Ravens, should pay Lamar. The Browns should pay Baker Mayfield. They should all do that. But there always is the question of, is it time to move on after five years, which is really hard to do if you're a franchise. I can argue that some of them should have moved on, but again, you're not drafting high enough to get a quarterback. So you have to trade up and get one. Um, and it's very tough to do, but you're kind of stuck in this league because you can't win without a quarterback. And there's only about seven or eight guys that are really good enough to carry a team to Super Bowl championship. Looking at some of these NFL futures for next year, um, let's talk rookie quarterbacks because, you know, another riveting draft on that note. And I love that you said in the, the Coward interview last week, you weren't buying Mac Jones. Neither was I. I was all in on Trey Lance under 6.5. Speaking of draft props, I'm off potential. Who out of the system, if you were to fire on a rookie of the year right now, just I, I'm I'm taking a flyer at plus 550 on Justin Fields. I'm not buying that Pace and Nagy, both on the Budweiser hot seat, have the luxury to start with Dalton. If you were to pick one quarterback, let's say they all get a chance to start, would you go with Lawrence Fields, Jones out of out of New England? Would you go with Lance uh, on the Niners? Lance, so Lawrence is a favorite, Fields second, Lance third. What say you on rookie of the year if you were thinking? 
to me, it's, it's Trey Lance, right? We, we've talked about for months how Kyle Shanahan's offense helps quarterbacks, right? It turns average quarterbacks to above average quarterbacks. It takes above average arm talent, Matt Ryan, to an MVP level. It took Aaron Rodgers last year in the same system to the MVP. So Trey Lance is going to play well in this system. Like, there's no doubt about it. Now, you know, maybe he doesn't play right away. So, you know, the, the bet is not as, as, as worthwhile to make. But in your scenario where everyone plays, the answer is Trey Lance. Trey Lance will have the best numbers, the most efficient numbers as a rookie in that offense. Now, Trevor Lawrence might be better, but he's going to probably throw more interceptions, have more ups and downs. His team won't be as good. I mean, there's a situation where Trey Lance wins eight, nine, ten games in this offense and looks like Justin Herbert did last year because of the offensive setup, the way Shanahan gets the offense going. So the means Trey Lance had plus 800, I think, the last I saw. So to yeah. me, like, that, that's really good value there in a guy that I think most people expect not to play. Um, but if he does play early on, plus 800, he's going to win that thing. Look, and just going back for a second, because I found it fascinating. I don't know how much you were staring at the odds and who was going to go three overall specifically, because, again, you were scratching your head. I was scratching my head. There's no way they're going Mac Jones in San Francisco. Was that the classic pump fake? Did, I mean, do you think, because the odds were as high as Mac Jones minus yeah. 320, then for a cup of coffee was Fields and Jones at plus 115. I yeah. never saw Trey Lance as the favorite to land in San Francisco. Did you fire on any of those futures of who was going three? No. And what were your thoughts on that from just a, a gambling perspective? I think I bet on Fields because for me, they never mentioned Fields ever. I'm like, oh, they didn't mention him. That's probably something, a reason why for that. I cannot determine if the Niners trade up for Trey Lance or trade up for Mac Jones and change their mind. Um, when they made the trade, a lot of people speculated without inside information, it was for Mac Jones. And that's part of their job, right? They're speculating. Right. When I saw like Adam Schefter tweet about it and Schefter doesn't tweet out opinion, right? He tweets out things, facts, things he is told or breaking news. He doesn't, he's not like, oh, I think, you know, the, you know, no, no, no. He tells you what it is. And for him to talk about the Niners taking Mac Jones, got me thinking about maybe they really wanted Mac Jones at first and figured out it was, which would be a bad process, right? Because you want to trade up to the third pick and give up all the future assets for a quarterback you already have in mind. So they made the right choice though. It, it could not have been Mac Jones. If it was Fields or Lance, I was good with it. They made the right choice, but I'm not sure they thought it was Jones, excuse me, uh, Trey Lance from the beginning. Looking at just how you break down, and I don't know if you bet NFL as much as you do baseball but i i find I, you don't no of course I bet. oh okay 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 great yeah. so i i asked this to chris Gron gronkowski a couple of weeks ago and and he said and, and i want to see if you're you're tailing the same mindset or do you have a whole nother philosophy of course the information that the odds makers don't know about is all, you and you and i's added advantage i got fake vegas behind me you know obviously it wasn't built off losers when you go to the book and of course it's it's lines that move sometimes throughout the week in, in NFL, but ultimately they're set and they're not going anywhere pending injuries. When you're breaking down and capping a game in your world, what take us into the Jeff Schwartz mindset of how you bet NFL. Did he say it? Did he say that having inside information makes it easier? No, for us, basically. So for example, um, knowing about uh, maybe a combination of personal reasons uh, or personal things for players, uh, injuries that aren't necessarily reported, coaching matchups that are never really talked about on TV, but from a gambling perspective matter. Yeah. I, don't um, think any any, I don't think anything from my playing days has helped me gamble. Like, I don't think at all. I mean, you know, the only thing is maybe the offensive defensive line matchup, but that's, you know, but sharp 
sharp players understand that as well, right? And, and this thing, the, the sharp betters have their own system, right? They have their own formulas. They have their own analytics. They have their own way to gamble. Um, I think it's very rare when I say to myself, oh, I outsmarted someone because I knew of a coaching matchup or I knew – and injuries too. Vegas knows all the injuries. I'm not, I don't know any injuries that no one else knows about, right? Like the idea that, that the players – have this inside information. If that was the case, we'd all win a bunch of money and all my friends and I lose a bunch of money every year. So like, it's not like we have all this inside information. To me, it's about finding good, you know, understanding that what the number means, right? And yeah, there are other factors possibly looking at, again, offense, defensive line, maybe specific tight end linebacker matchup. But again, I'm not sure how much that moves the needle very much when you're gambling. But I think to me, it's about understanding the number, right? Why is the number set this way? What, what, you know, what are the odds makers thinking? Why did you know, if I thought a team should be favored, but they're not, why think about why that is Vegas trying to tell you something that maybe you don't think about. So to me, it's not about um, knowing inside information as a former player. Uh, sometimes the X and O's pays off, but um, I found myself actually thinking to myself, like, dang, I was stupid for Ben that because I thought this was going to be the case when again, like Vegas is telling me the number was that for a reason. And when it comes to rivalry games or when you're betting week to week on, on a team, you know, we, we touched on it briefly with baseball, you know, betting a team that is coming off a loss or two straight losses. Do you have any of that strategy when it comes to NFL and IE divisional games? I mean, I think, I think college football is, is where that's at more, right? Like the, the letdown game or the, or the, or the um, look ahead game, like that feels very important in college football. Uh, the NFL, I don't think is much, right? I mean, we're professionals. You shouldn't have letdown games. You shouldn't have look ahead games because any team can beat you. And you're mature. You know the thing about college football is, you, I think you bet a lot more emotions in college football than you know than than the NFL, right? So you have a you know big you know big um, road favorite, but next week they play their rival. You know they're looking ahead to that game, right? As much as they say they're not, the emotions of college football can be can be bet on a little bit more than in the NFL. The one thing I had to learn too is, and this is tough, and this is why I think it's opposite of kind of like how I've always thought is, you know. These like these home dogs, the NFL, you hate betting them as a, I'm like, Oh, oh God, I gotta take the Jacksonville plus eight. <laughs> but like, but like in the end though, right. Those in last year was a weird year, right. That for a while, the, the underdogs at home didn't cash very well, but sometimes you have to bet sh on shitty teams, which is a player you would never do. You would never do that. I would never bet on like, you know, Rutgers plus 27 at home against Ohio state. But <laughs> like in the end, right. I'm, I'm, I'm not wrong. Right. In the end, like those yeah. bets over time, end up being more, more profitable than taking the big favorite. And that's a way I had to learn the, the proper way to do this. Uh, but I try to avoid like betting on Oregon or against Oregon, just because I'm a duck fan. I mean, that, I try to remove my emotions from it, but um, I think in college football, you can exploit the emotions of the game better than you can um, in the NFL. Are you a parlay or teaser guy? Are you just straight? Um, so I, you know, right. I'll do, I'll do one big parlay a weekend that just for fun for myself um, I think teasers in football can be good, especially if you don't like numbers. I mean, you know, if you take favorites from, you know, minus eight down to minus two or right? anything under a field goal, Smart. I think is, is not, it's not a bad way to go, especially last year in the NFL, a lot of favorites were just kicking ass, especially it was early in the season. Right. And yeah. so, you know, you, you take, you know, green Bay, New, New Orleans, Kansas city down from minus eight, minus nine into that, into that field goal range. Um, but again, like, those always feel easy and they're never, it's never easy. It's ne nothing about it's ever easy, but I do far more teasers than I do, um, you know, the, than I do parlays because parlays, I mean, they're fun. Like I, like I said, I do a monster one every week, but I don't know. I'm not sure I've given out a parlay on anything I've done for like two years because they're, they're just, 
but just for fun. Couple of divisional futures for you to touch on here with the the NFL. So the Packers right now are minus one thirty. I, I don't know where you're at with Rodgers and how this ends up. I, I mean, this could all be the Brady domino effect. Whether it's talking Wilson, talking Rodgers, would you right now fire on the Packers at minus one thirty? I mean, that's almost even money laying a little bit of juice there. Uh, but ultimately, it's clearly their division to lose. If you had to put yourself in uh, August September, do you think Rodgers is a Packer? Well, I mean, if you're betting on the Packers to win the division now, you're probably getting much better value than you would have gotten a week ago, right? I mean, I right. couldn't imagine what it was a week ago. but Absolutely. I, I would stay away because I really don't know what he's going to do. I mean, I, I think the Packers will call his bluff and Aaron Rodgers will be like, all right, peace, I'm out. Like, I, I, I think that he's that type of guy. I don't think he's being traded. I really don't. I mean, it's Denver, right, or bust, basically. I don't see him going to, to Vegas where else is he going? Um, so I don't know if he plays this year. That's why betting on the Packers, at least like now, feels very tough. There's no other team in that division. Like, the Packers were out of it. I guess the Vikings, I guess. Like, I don't trust them, really. I, do I trust the, the Bears with fields yet? I don't know. Got to kind of see it first. So that might be a, a stay away division. And NFC West, I don't know if you're shocked at this, but Rams plus 175, Niners plus 200, Seahawks are all plus 290. I mean, to me, I, I the Seahawks are sticking out to me at plus 290. I mean, is that a division that they're just giving a little too much credit to Stafford who's never won a playoff game or, or not so much? I, I mean, to me, it's about the Niners, uh, in my opinion, rather okay. than the Seattle. When Shanahan has had a healthy quarterback, which has been one season out of four he's been there, they went to the Super Bowl, right? And I'm not even saying that it has to be Jimmy G or Trey Lance. Just someone healthy to build around, build offensively around, I think they can take this division. Um, Seattle, to me, is, is just still unknown, right? Like, what offense are they going to run? Defensively, they were bad to start the year, but improved. But I'm not sure that the talent-wise on defense, they're anything special, right? Pete Carroll schemes up a good, you know, a good defense. So to me, it's, it's the Niners. I, yeah, I'm not in on the Rams. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, they kind of burned me last year. I thought they would be bad last year, and they, and they weren't. But we're going to see a, a defensive regression, right? They lost their DC, and we know that year in and year out, defenses tend to regress. Um, so it's, uh, it's a Niners for me. And just taking a step back here on just gambling overall for me, I, and I don't know if you have the same mindset when you're down, like, let's say you, I don't know if you, you put in credit on FanDuel or, uh, some, wherever you're, you're I'm going to, I'm going to state that, uh, does not partake in the, uh, the wagering, the mobile wagering. Okay. All right. Well, it, hi, hypothetically, if you were. Uh, just talking on this on this level for me I typically gamble better when I'm down and, and I don't know if you can put yourself <laughs> in the Vegas mindset and I don't know if that's similar at the tables crafts poker etc uh, do you feel you gamble better when you're up against the wall or when you're playing uh, with house money just, uh, <laughs> never never um so here's the one thing that I've learned. I've, I've learned patience. And the first year I was gambling in 2017, really for action, when I was working there, I just bet everything, dude. Like I chased my ass off. And now I feel like I'm way more mature about it. Like, you know, especially in, 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 you know, football. So, you know, I've done my homework for the week. I've made my bets and I'm going to stay, I'm going to stick with it. Now there are certain times in the NFL, um, where I will bet a second half almost contrary to what, to what we think. So like, let's say a team is kicking someone's ass. Yeah. It's very clear they're kicking their ass. I'll bet in the second half, which is typically opposite the way people think, right? Like let's say talk about Rams Niners, right? 
Niners are kicking the shit out of the Rams. Yeah. You know, the second half, the Rams will be favored by three, four, five, six, something like that. I'll take the Niners plus the points because it really doesn't flip very often in the NFL. College football is different. College football, I love to take the, the favorite who's losing at halftime, especially at home, hammer, hammer them, right? Love it. Um, and, you know, in the NFL, I think it's the opposite. Like, NFL's live betting in the NFL is hard. NFL is just hard in general. College football, there is some edge to live betting if you can, if you're watching the game. Like, you have to be watching the game, paying attention. Um, I have a lot of success in the Pac-12. I've had over 58% the last two years in the Pac-12. Wow. Mostly because I, I, I do it for a living. I do Pac-12 radio. And I just think people don't watch the Pac-12. And the lines sometimes just reflect no one's paying attention to the Pac-12. And on the live betting note, Jeff, do you sometimes – like, can you be – and I know the first 15 uh, plays are scripted. When you watch a game, can you tell – or ever get the instinct or inkling you're on the wrong side, and then will you will you hedge? Will you middle? Are you that yeah, kind of a gambler at all? I'm not sure I'm smart enough to really know when that is or how much money I should bet or like what the number is supposed to be. I, I I'm just not that bright in, in the numbers. Like I, I mean there'd be times I'd be like, oh yeah, this looks like a good. I'll just bet it because I think. But like, I don't know like when that point is. Okay, I need to if I buy here or buy there or buy that. I, I, I'm just looking at it like, all right, well. Let's try to make some money, you know, tr try to get back to even. Um, I know there's people that, again, you have their numbers in the system. I'm not sure I have a live betting system other than what I told you about kind of halftime bets. Do you see gambling in NFL stadiums like it is in the other football over in Europe, et cetera, in, in years to come? Where, where do you, if you could forecast gambling, uh, obviously, and shout out to Action for, for yeah. selling yesterday for quite a lump yeah, sum. Um, do, you, do you see it being in stadiums, being as, as accessible as a, as a pretzel and a dog? I think so. Um, I think we'll get there eventually. I'm not quite sure when we will. But the NFL now has partners, right? Gambling partners. We're talking about all the time. You know, when NFL Network starts talking about gambling, we'll know that we're we're there. Like when they start hitting it hard, um, you know, they have, they have Cynthia there, and she does predictive, which is basically just like the gambling, but in a different way. Um, I I think that that'll be the first sign that we're getting close to doing this. I, I think the owners would do it in a heartbeat if they can make money off of it. But part of it too is that you know th that's a revenue that the NFL PA, the NFL player, should be part of as well, right? But so that's where you run the kind of the fine line of like, again, I think it's, I think it's so hard to fix a football game, like nearly impossible. Yeah. You have to get the quarterback to do it. They're already making too much money to be bought off. Like it's, but I think people would, would be, would be, you know, should the players get a cut of what people are gambling on them? Like that's kind of a weird line to be at. So I think there is some time before it happens. Again, the players are not going to take a, are not going to say no to a cut. I mean, we should have a cut if you're betting in the stadium. So uh, it'll work itself out, but look, we have mobile wagering in what 30 states now, I think something like that. Um, there. Hopefully we move, uh, we move there quickly in, in my state. I hope you know, North Carolina, come on, let's get it done folks. <laughs> and just a couple more for you. And I'll let you jam here. I know you recently hosted a Gruden camps uh, camp style for offense alignment. If you were to put your stock in a offensive line that nobody sees coming just because you know, O-lines better than anyone. What team would you say look out for with these five men? leading an offense well i mean nobody sees coming might be a little tough now that we've had the draft um but to me i mean the chiefs are the clear favor in the afc after what they did the last month where you know with the offensive line not only did they add all these pieces 
but they, they, it's all depth. They have like nine guys who can start. So if they have injuries like, like last year, you don't have to worry about having no one to replace them. Boom, you put in Trey Smith, you put in Creed Humphries, you put in Kyle Long, you have all these guys, you put in Mike Remmers, you have all these, all these guys ready to play. So to me, it's not out of nowhere, but the Chiefs to me, um, how do you beat them? If you're not going to hit Pat Mahomes, how do you beat the Chiefs? Uh, four straight AFC Championship games would be incredible. Um, but it feels like we're pretty close to being there with the way they handle their offseason. Two-part question. What feels better, one money or earn money? And do you have a all-time gambling W or just Scotty Van bad beat that you still haven't oh, got over? I have a bad beat. So a couple, <laughs> years, a couple years ago, um, I was doing a five dimes. Uh, they've obviously gone away. They had open parlays, right? So I just, I had 10 team open parlay. I kept trying to hit a 10 team open parlay. This is like three, two, two, three summers ago. So I, had, I was nine for nine. I had nine, I had nine in a row. What? The payout was one Oh nine to one. I hit a, I hit an under and Yankees Red Sox Sunday night baseball. So it's like July. Okay. So I need one more game, one more game. And so I didn't really care what the juice was. So there was that was Sunday night. So Monday, it was like, I don't like a baseball game. I'm not riding with them. Tuesday, WNBA, okay? Minnesota Lynx, minus 1,500 at home against Indiana Fever. Oh, Indiana my was, gosh. Indiana was 2-17, and 17, okay? The Lynx, I think, were like the reigning champs. Indiana hadn't won a road game yet. They were freaking awful. So I hammered on the Minnesota Lynx. I fired away. So now my parlay would have paid out 116 to 1. They got freaking slaughtered at home they lost by like 20 points at home by the two win fever the two, two win fever that's that my oh loss. my god and, and then like so you know you talk about like chasing so like i i tried to live bet the game when it was like fourth quarter tie game or whatever fourth quarter i think uh halftime i think halftime i was like come, let's, come on like this is ridiculous they're not gonna lose this game they got smoked bro smoked so my oh. minus 1500 it was like a 97 percent like I'm win. sick for you over here. And so I lost my 116 to one um, parlay. Um, I mean, wins, I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I mean, I, you know, I've hit some big parlays, I guess, every now and then. I mean, I took Tampa last year, uh, Super Bowl future plus 1100. Um, wow. So that, so that, that was nice. Um, what a, what a, what court vision. Johnny was, Stockton with it. That was you nice. Knew? You had, you had, did you, so when you have a futures like that, do you hedge? Do you take the chiefs just no. to protect yourself? You go all in. I go all in. Um, wow. I had a, um, I, so one year I did um, baseball futures just for some reason. I don't know why I just wanted to do it. And so I read a bunch of articles and I was like, you know what? I'm going to fire on nationals Astros world series matchup. And that was like two years ago. So I hit that. That was like plus bazillion dollars you got that exactly dude <laughs> yeah guy what is in exactly your what is in the day-to-day -day diet just, i gotta get on the chest sports well, smarter yeah, than but, you but, plan but that's that's just like two of them i've i've lost i'm not i'm not like vegas dave man i'll tell you my losses i had some I had some losses on, on those as well so those are two like our memorable wins like i said that everyone got upset me because i said i didn't hedge my my 10 team parlay like what the what's the fun in that i'm like betting on the indiana freaking fever like i'm not doing that so I just let it ride, man. It just it is what it is. It, I lost. I lost a little bit. It happens. And that about does it for another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Big ups to Jeff Schwartz. Make sure to check out his podcast. Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. Follow him on the Twitter bird. This man is up and down every 
Sports Broadcasting Channel. This man is talking some shop. A lot of value, and you can tail his picks. You can see what he's up to. The man is all about those F5 unders, baby. You got to love it. An offensive lineman bet in baseball? This is what the podcast is all about. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate you. Do I dare say throw us a five-star? That's it from me. Don't forget to hug your mother. I'm out. volume.